You're listening to the Gym Class Podcast from 1600 ESPN. It's the Gym Class with Scott Unash and Mark Dukes on 1600 ESPN KGYM. Scott Yudash up today. Spencer Wagan from Spencer on Sports. Adding an extra hour to my afternoon with you here on 1600 ESPN. Eastern Iowa's home for sports. Live from the Eakin Nutrition Studios. It is indeed the gym class here for a Wednesday, 28th day of February of 2024. Mark Duke's going to join me momentarily. Producer Isaac is here as well. And love to hear from you as always. 319-366-1600. Plenty to get to over the next uh, hour or so here today. Going to talk to Rob Gray from Cyclone Fanatic. Also the Cedar Rapids Gazette's preview tonight's uh, matchup between the Iowa State men's basketball team and Oklahoma. Game you can hear right here on 1600 ESPN tonight starting at 6. So right after local programming is done, we'll have the pregame with John Walters and Eric Heft. Uh, and then the tip-off just after 7 o'clock. We got that for you tonight here on 1600 ESPN. Also probably talk a little football. There have been some coordinator changes for Iowa State, and we'll get Rob's uh, take on that coming up after 3.30. Uh, should mention before, Rob joins us in Emil's Hideaway Scoreboard Updates, uh, part of the program today as well. And it is uh, Wednesday. It means a bowling night in America preview. Among the things we'll get to here on 1600 ESPN and the gym class. Again, 319-366-1600. Glad to be with you here on a gorgeous but bitter cold. What, what happened to the what happened to the weather? Oh, it's the Midwest. Yes. Uh, I, I said uh, earlier today, the I think it was the fastest I walked from my car to the building. Uh, from the parking lot into the International Broadcast Center here on the southwest side of Cedar Rapids. It was that windy and that cold after 70s. We are back to reality at least for a day. So that's uh, that's the life we live here in eastern Iowa and the Midwest. Mark Duke's joining me uh, from uh, his uh, his home on the southwest side. Mark, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Spencer? Great to have you with, uh, with me today and the rest of the listeners. Isaac, how are you? And uh, I, when I found out you were going to be joining me, Spencer, I thought I might want to get some Brewers info. <laughs> I, I didn't okay. realize I didn't realize Jackson Churio had a had a brother until I saw him popping him out of the park today. Yeah, uh, Jason Churio for the for the Guardians. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's still one of the better prospects in their system, but uh, not as highly touted as as Mr. Jackson. So. Yeah, Jackson's pretty highly rated. Yeah, he well, he's already got a big league deal, and he hasn't even played a, a single inning in in the majors. Uh, you know, he got to AAA last year, so uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. In fact, uh, Brewers Cubs going on now for the Cub audience, which is pretty much everybody not named me. Uh, the Cubs are winning two nothing in the fourth inning, for what it's worth, uh, in spring training ball. So we'll monitor that uh, throughout the show uh, here today. Isaac, how you doing over there? You're you're staring intently. Are you watching soccer over there, Isaac? No, that. Well, I am watching. So it's on my phone, but that's not what I was staring at. I was uh, doing work stuff. I promise. Work stuff. Yes. Mark, he says he's doing work stuff. Do we trust him? He's trying to figure out how the uh, U.S. national teams can beat Mexico. <laughs> I honestly didn't even watch it. I'm not. Once the club season's over, then I'll pay attention to international soccer. Right now. Uh, You're not having much. it. Yeah, right now I, I'm too focused on other stuff. 319-366-1600, talking text line open. Uh, Mark, plenty of basketball talk on the program here today. I know uh, we'll ha- we'll get an update on what's going on at uh, State uh, Girls Basketball uh, here on the email scoreboard, but uh, let's start with what happened in Iowa City last night, a game Iowa absolutely had to have. Uh, in terms of staying alive for any slim chances of, of an NCAA tournament berth. And we'll get to the path ahead here in just a bit, but kind of an unexpected night full of some milestones last night in the win over Penn state. Yeah, it really was uh, uh, Peyton Sanford's uh, triple double and uh, Patrick McCaffrey reaching a thousand career points and 10 years ago, his, uh, his health was very uncertain and then uh, Ben Cricky, the transfer, reaching 2,000 career points. But 
you're quite right, uh, Spencer. It was a, it was a victory uh, Iowa needed to have. It got back to 500, two games remaining in the regular season at Northwestern on Saturday, and then uh, Illinois, the home game, senior uh, night. And, um, you know, some people have complained. I'm sure you've heard it as well. Uh, about Iowa being being able to close out games. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of wondered uh, for a little bit there when Penn State closed it to two, how Iowa would, would react. And the Hawkeyes reacted quite well and closed that game out. Uh, Penn State's a dangerous team, but um, it was a great night uh, for uh, the guys I mentioned, Sanford, uh, McCaffrey, and Cricky, and by and large, uh, Tony Perkins was sort of a non-factor, and you don't see that every night. Yeah, we saw that in the first Penn State game back in uh, State College a couple weeks back. They did a good job. They being Penn State did a good job of taking Tony Perkins out of the equation and forced quite a few turnovers last night. That was one of the big things that I know Fran and uh, some of the players talked about leading into last night's game saying, you know, yeah, you know, we had a lead. Yeah, we had all this, you know, that could have gone right. But the one thing that really stuck out or uh, stood out like a sore thumb was 18 turnovers. Had 12 last night. Uh, certainly not, you know, you know, 100% improvement. You're never going to see that. But still, going from 18 turnovers to 12 turnovers uh, still was a big storyline last night. And free throws were huge, too. Iowa with 37 free throws attempted, 32 makes, including 18 from Peyton Sanford, 18 of his 26 points uh, last night. Part of that triple double came at the at the free throw line, and that's an important uh, important stat to look at. Obviously, when you look at close games like that, can you make shots at the line? And and Iowa got to the line. They made those shots, and and Penn State uh, they got to the line a handful of times too. But they were 13 of 23 from the foul line, and that's a big difference. Yeah, and it was quite different at Penn State when Penn State had a huge free throw advantage, but uh, I was a little concerned last night because Penn State really hurt uh, Iowa in the paint, outscoring them 56-32, to and, uh, you know, the bench for Penn State was good, 39 points off the bench, Uh, but in the end, Iowa was able to prevail, and uh, just, uh, I think, a good overall performance. What it leads to, uh, I don't know. We have, uh, ask this question almost every week. You know, is this team a, uh, a tease or a, pretend, or, or a contender? And um, I'm still not quite sure. Yeah, there's two games left, and it's, uh, it's, it's tough to say how this is going to go. I, I talked about this yesterday on my show, Spencer on Sports, uh, just kind of about, you know, the path ahead. And obviously at, at that point yesterday, there were three games left. Now we're down to two. Uh, two, I think with as well as Iowa's been playing, I think they're, they're winnable games, but that in the Big Ten, especially going on the road where it seems like everybody except for Purdue is, is really good at home and awful uh, on the road. That Northwestern game, I think it's as must win as they come. I think there is a path there um, in the Big Ten tournament, obviously, to get to you know, that magic number of 20 that so many people point to, but you have to find a way to win at Northwestern, which is not going to be an easy thing to do because winning on the road is is virtually impossible, it feels like, in the Big Ten this year and has been all season. And then Illinois, if you can correct some of the things that you did wrong in Champaign, I like your chances being at home, but Illinois has, uh, has plenty to play for as well. They're playing for seeding. They're playing for uh, possible double buy in the Big Ten tournament. So uh, it's going to come down to, you know, being able to close out games, like you mentioned, and uh, hold on to leads, something that has uh, that has escaped this team uh, in quite a few instances here in the second half of the season. Yeah, and, and you referenced the Northwestern game on the road, and uh, I think that's um, very pivotal for Iowa because I think if it can somehow, some way, uh, beat the Wildcats, who have had a really, really good season, and right now we're in the NCAA tournament, if Iowa could somehow uh, snatch a victory there, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it beats Illinois uh, at home. And that will get you to 19 wins. Uh, Right now the brackets look like maybe you draw a Maryland team after a first-round bye, something like that. Uh, Another win would take you to 20. 
Uh, of course, it depends on other teams and what uh, they do as well. But um, I never considered this uh, Iowa team an NCAA tournament team. Uh, I don't know if that'd be a great outcome for this team. Um, you know, it would from the standpoint, yeah, you make the NCAA tournament. Uh, that's great. And we'll keep a, a mini streak alive for Fran McCaffrey. But I think very much this team is one in development. Um, you know, Perkins uh, is going to be gone, but you're going to have the bulk of this team back. And the emergence of guys like Josh Dix, uh, you know, I think it looks promising. 319-366-1600, your thoughts. Uh, welcome on the Talk and Text Line. Iowa beating Penn State uh, last night inside Carver-Hawkeye Arena. 90-81, to 81, a game you absolutely had to have, and it sets up uh, basically a stretch where if you can find a way to win both games and – Maybe win, what, one or two, Mark, in the Big Ten tournament? Obviously, you'd love to win the whole thing. Uh, that would guarantee you a spot in the NCAA tournament. But I think if you could find a way to win the next two and then get to the semifinals, I think you're at least in the conversation at that point. You're you're, you're on the radar right now. You're one of the last four out, according to uh, according to Joe Lenardi, uh, or the, the next four out, excuse me, uh, in his last update from yesterday. You're one of the next four out. You're on the radar at least now with still work to do. And if you can complete that work, I think you're at least in the conversation. It depends on what teams around you do. But again, I'll point out, considering how this season started, uh, again, another 0 for start in the Big Ten, uh, you, you, take, you take what you can get at this point. And either way this goes, it's going to be, I think, ultimately a net positive for the Iowa men. Um it's it's a developmental year. It's a quote unquote rebuilding year, uh, if you want to use that term. But uh, having a postseason opportunity, whether that's the NCAA tournament or the NIT, if that's what uh, you, you know it comes down to, uh, that's that's an opportunity you take, right? Absolutely. And uh, if Iowa can somehow reel off four straight wins, as you described, I think it's. Uh, maybe in, and if not, very close. Uh, that'd be a tremendous accomplishment for this team that has been uh, sort of up and down. And uh, as you mentioned, rebuilding. And I agree with 4277 on the text sign uh, saying the key for this team is defense on the perimeter and rebounding. They have the offense. It's defense that needs to be consistent. I think you'd agree, Spencer. Yeah, absolutely. And you're you're looking at the uh the uh the box score from last night. Uh, Wahab the forward had a big night, 18.7 rebounds. If you made a couple more free throws down the stretch, who knows uh, how that game turns out, but uh Raquandis Mitchell, 16 points off the bench, uh perfect 6 for 6 from the floor including a, a three-pointer. Uh Puff Johnson, 9 points. Uh Leo O'Boyle had a couple threes off the bench for Penn State. And it's not just bench production, but it's production all around, getting back in defense and and getting stops. Uh we heard Peyton Sanford say that in the post-game news conference and and Pat McCaffrey said it too uh last night after the game getting stops down the stretch and then turning that into buckets for your team, uh, something that Iowa struggled to do down the stretch uh, last night uh, in closing out that game over Penn State. Uh, those two things kind of work hand in hand and can lead to your lead to your success, right? Yeah, that's the whole key. Uh, and uh, Iowa demonstrated an ability to do that last night. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's kind of a wait and see here. Uh in the next couple games and into the tournament as to uh, what's ahead for, for Iowa. Certainly um, I think an NIT is, uh, you know, pretty much uh, locked up um, whether it's a home game or not, because the Iowa women may be hosting the NCAA tournament remains to be seen. But another piece of information I, I found interesting was that uh, Desante Bowen, the uh, the guard who started what the first eight games of the season uh, is going to have season-ending knee surgery, and I frankly wondered whether he was in the doghouse or mm-hmm. or or uh, decided, you know, he's he's going to, you know, leave town. Uh, he may still do that, but that was a piece of information that was interesting to me. Brock Harding has emerged 
as a pretty reliable backup point guard. Yeah, it, we got that information about uh, uh, last night uh, about DeSante Bowen. You certainly hate to see that. Apparently, it's something that, that had been nagging at him for a while. So, uh, for those wondering, kind of about the minutes decrease, that's uh, that's you know kind of where you're where you're at. But uh, you know, you talk about the young players on this team, the guys that have uh, that guys that have stepped up like Brock Harding and on uh, Dembele and Price Sanford. Uh, Harding has really shown that he could be a spark off the bench, and I think. Uh, a lot of folks watching the Iowa team this year would agree that, uh, you know, hey, it's, uh, you know, the, despite what might happen, you know, a disappointment of missing the tournament and all that, you're still, you still feel pretty good about the future because of guys like Harding and, and Sanford and especially Owen Freeman, who uh, will probably, uh, I would guess, win another Big Ten freshman of the week before the season uh, is up here. Yeah, and it could be he and uh, Sanford uh, sweeping the awards. Sanford maybe if he has a good game against Northwestern, uh, winning player of the week, we'll see. But, um, you know, you talk about teams that you don't want to play, either in the conference tournament or the postseason. I think Iowa fits that category for a lot of teams. Mm -hmm. I think it would be a matchup problem. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, just the way they're playing down the stretch, right? It's one of those teams that they have a, a solid, you know, young core, and they have some veterans that, uh, you know, can make make key plays when uh, when when that's needed. And uh, you know, you, you're not going to take them lightly, right? You don't take anybody lightly, but at the same time, you know, this is not. There are still flaws to the Iowa team and the way they played, but you feel better about where they're at at this point in the season compared to, I'd say, early January, don't you? Absolutely. And um, just when you say that, um, they lose a 15-pointer at Northwestern, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, we just we just put the uh, put the put the jinx on them. I think we might have uh, here yeah, with, uh, with the game. I feel like we buried the lead. I know you mentioned it, Mark, at the top of the show, but Peyton Sanford, the the triple double that that's you know incredible performance. Nobody really saw that coming. But what really floored me, and I'm you know you've been doing this a long time, a lot longer than I have. That was the first triple double in men's program history. And that's just, I mean, you you think back to even like way back in the day, all the great Iowa players that have come through, even the modern, you know, modern days with, you know, Luca Garza and, and so on and so forth. That was the first one in program history last night. Like, I just, it doesn't make it, it's, it, it's mind boggling, but it happened. And Peyton Sanford is forever etched in, etched in the history books. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And I've been watching Iowa basketball for 50 years and, there's been so many great players, but you know what? Uh, usually a player is good. Maybe a, two of the, uh, those three categories, you know, Garza uh, might have had many uh, points and rebounds. Uh, probably never came close to double-digit assists, but guys like Keegan Murray and Ronnie Lester and B.J. Armstrong and on and on and on. I'm glad you went back to Sanford because uh, I I, I told Scott uh, a week or two ago that, um, and maybe this was obvious to other people, but I think Sanford has really become the heart and soul of this team, not only because of his production, but uh, his, uh, his leadership. You can tell on the court, uh, his interactions with other players, uh, kind of coaxing uh, a guy like Owen, Owen Freeman along when he makes a mistake, a stupid foul. Uh, whatever it may be, I think he's really become, you know, for a while you'd think maybe Perkins was that guy and is certain games. But I think Sanford overall is the heart and soul of this team. And uh, he'll be back next year along with his brother. Um, it was kind of humorous. Um, it was sort of a quote-unquote countdown on the Big Ten Network last night <laughs> uh, to Sanford's triple-double. We've become so used to Caitlin Clark and the counter in the upper left hand of the screen needs so many points, uh, whatever it may be. But it was uh, sort of that for Peyton Sanford last night. The uh, uh, the announcers on the Big Ten Network really got into that. And um, actually, Peyton was kind of fortunate that, um, you know, a free throw was missed by an 84 free throw shooter and kind of went right to him. And another thing I thought, you know, when you're on the court, Spencer, you, 
do you really keep track of how many points you have? Do you keep <laughs> track of how many assists he has? Maybe not, but Sanford and the whole Iowa bench knew it. Right. Uh, he was probably prompted by statisticians. I'm quite sure of that, but he knew darn well that last minute he needed one rebound. Yeah, he he knew it and he got it and uh, and like you said, he lucked out with it uh, with Ace Baldwin missing that free throw. Three one nine three six six sixteen hundred. Leo at Iowa City, by the way, uh, mentioning Tony Perkins does have a COVID year that he can use, so we may see him back uh, in Iowa City. Uh, we'll see if uh, that is indeed the case. Got uh, Troy in Muscatine County joining us on the phone lines again. Three one nine three six six sixteen hundred. If you want to weigh in here today. On the gym class on 1600 ESPN. Troy, thanks for the call. What's up? I like Sanford's leadership style. I'm glad you mentioned it. It reminds me a lot of Adam Haleska, real team-centered leadership. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Caitlin Clark's breaking all these network records. And the reason being is, you know, it seems like every, every network she's broken a record. Can the networks go after her for a contract and, provide nil because with the big 10 expanding the marketability of her and the west coast markets if you think of usc has a star player iowa versus usc at sofi stadium or something crazy like that she sells out every venue so i wanted to ask you about that is that even a possibility yeah it's a good question appreciate the call uh troy i i you know that's they can't uh, tv networks can't cut deals with with athletes uh, you, for bowl games i know that much um, he's speaking specifically. There was a tweet, Mark. I don't know if you saw it, but Caitlin Clark has uh, set viewer or Iowa basketball, Iowa women's basketball has set viewership records for I think six different networks this year because of you know Caitlin Clark and how they played. Um, I, I think that goes kind of down the the rabbit hole of revenue sharing in college sports with these TV contracts and such. So I'm not sure if it can be done, but um, in this in this day and age in college sports, who knows? It seems like anything and everything is on the table, doesn't it? Absolutely, I I, I think you captured that quite well. I, I I don't think networks can, you know, offer her an NIL deal. But say for example, Kaylin Clark comes back next year. What network would not want to show an Iowa bas Iowa women's basketball game? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they were on uh, what FS1. For the Indiana game, that's the highest-rated FS1 women's basketball game, uh, team ever, and uh, our game ever, and what six networks really? Yeah, I, I don't have the. I mean, I, I'd have to find it here. I just saw it on social media. This is great radio. Spencer f- looks at his Twitter account. Uh, yes, uh, most Big Ten conference had this earlier today. Caitlin Clark of the Iowa women have participated in the most watched women's basketball game ever for six different networks: ABC. The Big Ten Network, Fox, FS1, NBC, and Peacock. So the Iowa women have been involved in six different most-watched women's basketball games uh, for six different networks, which is pretty incredible. Well, incredible indeed. And Peacock's going to have a good audience tonight as Iowa uh, travels to Minnesota. And Clark, people watching, you know, if she can pass Lynette Woodard, of course she's going to pass her. Maybe it'll happen tonight. She needs 33 to pass. And then the next up is Pete Maravich. And these are, you know, the NCAA record with Kelsey Plum was the one people really focused on. But uh, definitely people keeping an eye on those two marks as well. That is true. That is true. We're going to talk Cyclone basketball. Iowa State in action uh, here tonight. Cyclone men and Oklahoma. Iowa State women also playing tonight. Uh, down in Manhattan against K-State. We'll talk about that with Rob Gray from Cyclone Fanatic here in just a moment. But before we do that, let's uh, bring Mark uh, in with an Emil's Hideaway scoreboard here on 1600 ESPN. They're located off of 1st Avenue near Lindale Mall, open Monday through Saturday. And uh, so many great options at Emil's Hideaway for uh, you to enjoy. And uh, we appreciate their support of our programming here on 1600 ESPN. Uh, Mark, what you got on the scoreboard here for a Wednesday afternoon? Uh, Kansas has given its football coach, Lance Leipold, uh, a raise to $7 million a year. Leipold, uh, I believe going into his fourth year, uh, was making a little less than $6 million last year so. 
Um, no longer has to clip coupons, I guess. <laughs> um, the next uh, PGA Tour stop, the Cognizant Classic, uh, begins tomorrow, uh, also known as the, or previously known as the Honda Classic. Zach Johnson gets an early tee time, 6.51 Central Time. He will play with Davis Riley and Ryan Brim. Kyle Filipowski injured in that court storming at Wake Forest. The Duke star scheduled to play tonight against Louisville. That has produced some chuckles and comments on social media about the severity of his injury, but apparently he will be back on the court. And finally, at the Girls State Basketball Tournament this afternoon, North Lynn with an easy victory over Montezuma, 68-38 to in the 1A quarterfinals. The Lynx will play either Council Bluff St. Albert or Algona Garrigan in the semifinals Friday afternoon. In action tomorrow in semifinal games, teams include Mount Vernon, Solon, and Clear Creek, Amana. Spencer. All right. Thank you, Mark. That is your email sideways scoreboard update here on 1600 ESPN 330. We will be back with more of the gym class here in just a bit. Rob Gray from Cyclone Fanatic also uh, with the Cedar Rapids Gazette talking some Iowa State basketball and uh, maybe even some football. Had some coordinator changes recently for Iowa State. Talk about that and more with Rob on the other side of this timeout. The gym class here on 1600 ESPN. Back after this. Eastern Iowa weather from 1600 ESPN. I'm meteorologist Rebecca Kopelman with your weather first forecast and we'll have plenty of sunshine, but it's going to be cold and blustery. We'll have temperatures in the upper 20s to around 30 degrees, but wind chills stay in the teens with a strong northwest wind. Overnight, the winds relax and start to turn in out of the south. We'll have clear skies and low temperatures around 20 and then tomorrow it'll be breezy, but with winds out of the south that will boost temperatures up into the 40s to near 50 degrees. We'll be in the mid 50s on Friday. That's your latest Iowa's News Now weather first forecast. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is now live. The official sports book of ESPN features daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN shows and personalities like me. Bet on all your favorite sports with live in-game wagers, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. New users get $100 in bonus bets after making any sports book bet. Download the ESPN Bet app to sign up today. I'll see you there. ESPN Bet, what a play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Scott Unash from your neighborhood Quick Star. And you all know that I'm a big Quick Star fan. I stop at least once a day, if not twice, and sometimes even more because of so many things that they do right. Their fresh products, amazing customer service, and you name it. And that includes their terrific chicken. Some of the best chicken I have had in a really long time. If you haven't tried Quick Star's chicken yet, you need to do yourself a favor and stop and pick up some chicken. Fried chicken, bone-in, hand-breaded, prepared, fresh daily, two or eight-piece. You can also pick up chin chicken tenders, boneless wings, and roasted whole chickens. And going on right now, you can win fried chicken for life. That's one eight-piece bone-in fried chicken per week for life. All you need to do is go to quickstar.com backslash fried chicken for life. You must be 18 years of age or older to enter, but you can win chicken for life from your neighborhood Quickstar. Life's better when you're under our roof because our agents can help you choose insurance to help protect what matters most. Life insurance from American Family Life Insurance Company can help financially protect your loved ones by replacing a portion of your income if you were to pass away. That means your family can have the help they need to continue to pursue their dreams. Contact Kirk Gustafson, agent at 1715 Johnson Avenue Northwest in Cedar Rapids or call 319-363-7214 today. Products not available in all states. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. American Family Insurance. Tune in to 1600 ESPN every weekday at 5 o'clock with Spencer on Sports for Drive Time, driven by Linder Tire. Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Haven't seen you around the gym for a while. Yeah, I've really fallen off. Since I turned 40, I just don't get the results I used to get. Could be lower testosterone. Lower T. Yeah, I went through it a while back. Once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone. I got Nugenics Total T, and it's made a huge difference for me. I've seen that ad on TV. Is it for real? Oh, yeah. The patented key ingredient is something called Testafin, which helps boost free and total testosterone levels to help you trim up and stay lean. And it's made a difference for you? 
you? Man, I feel like I'm in my 20s again. At work, in the gym, and in the bedroom. Are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try it for themselves? Yeah, you just need to send them a text. Text PREP to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Plus, text now and we'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, our most powerful fat incinerator ever to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text PREP to 42424. That's PREP to 42424. Welcome back at 3.34, seconds away from 3.35. It is the gym class here on 1600 ESPN from the Eakin Nutrition Studios on the southwest side of Cedar Rapids. Spencer in for Scott today. I'll be with you again on Friday uh, in for Scott, and uh, we'll set up uh, the rest of the week here in just a few moments. Also have a Bowling Night in America preview for you uh, coming up in about 15 minutes or so here on 1600 ESPN. But first, going to talk some Iowa State basketball and more with Rob Gray from Cyclone Fanatic, uh, also with the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Iowa State and Oklahoma tonight's rematch of a game that feels like forever ago. Uh, Back in early January, these two teams met up down in Norman. Cyclones uh, fell on the road there, looking to keep the unbeaten streak at Hilton Coliseum going tonight against the Sooners at 7. Uh, from Ames. Rob joins us here for a little Cyclone talk on 1600 ESPN. Rob, appreciate the time. It feels like forever ago, like I said, that these two teams played. Uh, How have you seen Iowa State uh, improve since that time, which uh, feels like so long ago back in early January? Well, uh, good to join you uh, guys. Um, I think the main way Iowa State has improved, oddly enough, is its defense has gotten better. I know that's the the bedrock principle that, that head coach T.J. Osselberger hangs everything on at Iowa State or pins everything on. Uh, out of necessity his first season, kind of out of necessity his second season, but now his third season, now that he has more shooters, more options on the perimeter and both in the paint, um, I think it took a while for the, the that elite-level defense to kick in. It certainly wasn't there against Oklahoma in that eight-point loss, but then they turned around. Houston comes in unbeaten, and uh, – start 14-0 against them, uh, hold Houston, you know, due to Houston, what Houston does to everybody else, including to some extent Iowa State, just a couple of games back uh, there uh, on the road for Iowa State. So uh, the defense has gotten better. Guys' roles have become more uh, sharply defined, and uh, they're getting contributions from everyone who plays. I mean, Jackson Pavletsky last game, really good scorer as a freshman at Wofford, came to Iowa State to be on a bigger stage, hasn't played a lot of minutes. We played a Big 12 season I 16 minutes scored a big 12 season I nine points in a close to not a too close for comfort, but a closer than expected win over a, a West Virginia team. That's suddenly playing pretty well. It seems like, so yeah, it, it one, eight of 10, uh, it seems like a complete team. The first complete team that TJ has had uh, it, it, there at Iowa state uh, was, was not a whole lot of weaknesses uh, other than I guess free throw shooting has <laughs> been a little bit up and down, but uh yeah, just a really confident team heading into these final four games of the Big 12 season. Yeah, to illustrate what college basketball is like, Rob, the landscape was different back when these two teams met in January. Oklahoma was ranked in the top, I think, 12 or 15 in the country. Iowa State was receiving votes. Uh, and then Team and Lipsy did not have a good game. I don't expect that to happen tonight. Do you? Yeah, I mean, Taman has had his shooting struggles in the Big 12, which I think was, uh, you know, going to happen. Now, certainly not as much as he did last year, which, again, I mean, he improved so much from the three-point line. It's dipped in Big 12 play, but uh, it's still significantly higher than it was last season. And he just does so many things for them, whether it be tipping out rebounds, assisting guys to steals. I mean, he leads the Big 12 in steals per game still. Um, he plays well. I mean, this is a game where, you know, Iowa State, if they play well, they should at least be able to get a three-possession win. And that's kind of what they, that's been their M&O, M.O. lately. I mean, they haven't been a whole lot of close games. They got they were kind of hung in with Houston before an eight-point loss, but West Virginia double-digit lead. West Virginia gets it to seven. Texas Tech down 18, gets it to seven, and then loses by eight. Cincinnati on the road, nine-point win, 12-point win, TCU. So, you know, Texas was a, was a two – you know, Baylor and Texas were – within a possession or two in, in, in Kansas too. But, I mean, Iowa State's uh, won pretty comfortably during this stretch where they won five of their last six games. Uh, and, um, you know, Oklahoma's a balanced team. Oklahoma's a team that will defend to, to an extent too, but not 
to the level of Iowa State does. If Iowa State forces turnovers and, and shoots the ball reasonably well, they should, uh, they should win in the manner that they've been accustomed to in, in the last few weeks. How important, uh, Rob, do you think was uh, having a game like that game against West Virginia where you had to battle back uh, from a slow start? You saw them take a lead in the second half, uh, and then it was, what, a 14-0, 15-0 run for Iowa State to, to you know seize control of that and really close it out. Uh, coming off a loss to Houston, coming back home uh, against the last-place team, you know, you're, you might be, I don't know, feeling sorry for yourself a little bit, but for Iowa State, able to battle through it, uh, find a way to win that game on a day where shots necessarily weren't falling, but you were able to get things uh, squared away on the defensive end. How important was it for Iowa State to have a game like that where maybe they didn't play their best, but they still found a way to win? Uh, that can really help you help a team down the stretch, especially preparing for the Big 12 and the NCAA tournament, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is team. I asked TJ um, this week how hard it is to be on his team with what he demands of them and their daily habits. And I know it sounds like cliche, but I mean, he demands it. And Curtis Jones wasn't joking uh, who scored in double figures, I think 11 games in a row off the bench. When he said, if you don't defend, you don't play on this team. There are going to be lapses. And I asked him about that. And he's like, well, certainly we don't expect them and we don't want them, but you're right. It happens. And it's all about the response. Well, they certainly had some lapses against West Virginia uh, and West Virginia shot it on characteristically well from three, but that team's just starting to realize who it is given all the guys who were good that had to sit out because of whatever the NCAA was doing for a while there. Um, West Virginia hit more threes than it usually does. So they, they, the guy said they were kind of flat and they can't afford to be flat. And that just, that they got to put it together for 40 minutes. And TJ made a point to say also to that question that, he doesn't think they've come close to playing their best best basketball yet. Now, I know no coach wants to feel like they played their best basketball when you're just ending February and knows what's ahead. But um, I, I think that's true. I think from both an offensive and defensive perspective, this team ceiling is higher, and we'll see whether they're able to reach it uh, with four uh, on-paper games, which they should be favored to close uh, out the conference season. Well, if Iowa State – as if it needs any more motivation between the home court and revenge. The Cyclones got a huge boost last night when BYU won at Kansas, and it gave Iowa State uh, a two-game cushion at least for second place. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's no secret Kansas without Kevin McCuller. I mean, that's already a thin, the thinnest bench maybe in the Big 12 in terms of production is going to struggle a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how Bill Self handles all that because their hope is to get McCullough and one of the league's best players back for the postseason. And we'll see what Kansas' regular season record ends up being. But, yes, it puts Iowa State. They're still right there, a game right behind Houston, more cushion between them and Kansas and Baylor. And, um, you know, a, a real a real opportunity to, to get to maybe that two-seed line or solidify um, Omaha. I mean, that there's a lot of factors in play there based on other Midwest teams and what they're doing and whether they're considered in that top four and, and, and all that. But I mean, this is a huge game for that. And I think a huge game for them to feel like they bounce back and, and, and again, play that more complete game, uh, which we've seen them do uh, on a number of occasions. Yeah, that was my next question for you, Rob. Iowa State, now looking at Joe Lenardi's bracketology last update yesterday, a three playing in Omaha, obviously that's ideal. Uh, where do you see this all kind of lining up? Uh, if you can gaze into your crystal ball for us, uh, for the Cyclones and in, into the postseason. Well, it, it, it's not going to be easy down the stretch here, but, you know, with, at UCF, UCF has beaten some teams. Um, but uh, clearly a team that Iowa State should beat, even though they've taken out, picked off some pretty good teams. BYU at home will be tough, as we saw. I mean, Kansas had them beat. And they just went on a huge run and, and – and, they're kind of playing up to their net ranking and, and the Ken Palm ranking and all that. And Kansas State on the road with Tengate, and I know Kansas State has been kind of on the skid since then, mostly. Um, that's that's no given either. So as long as they can keep themselves solidly in that three range, I think Omaha should be very much a play for them. Now, that doesn't preclude what does a Marquette do? Does, does Baylor get super hot? I mean, that's the closest venue for them, too. You know, it's not etched in stone, but I feel like as long as they play reasonably well, I think if they get three of these four and do something at the Big 12 tournament, I think there's no way they can keep them out of Omaha. But, um, you know, stranger things have happened uh, when it comes to seating and uh, in site locations 
when uh, uh, good Iowa State teams are heading into the NCAA tournament. Uh, Rob, briefly on uh, women's basketball before we get into a couple football questions. Um, Iowa State, it seems like they're in, they're out, they're in, they're out of the tournament. Certainly possibilities. Uh, uh, the big story this year is Audie Crooks, I think, most of us. And we've talked about it in the past. Uh, we expected her to contribute, but now has the freshman scoring record, and she's going to add to that. Uh, it's pretty darn good story there. Yeah, and I mean, she makes um, no uh... – she pulls no punches when it comes to, you know, all the, the listing off all the things where people said, oh, she's not going to be able to handle the minutes. She's not, and she comes from a small town in Iowa, so she's not going to be able to handle the competition. And all she's done is just stack up freshman awards. Uh, she's got a Big 12 Player of the Week award. She's averaging. I haven't looked that much since I'm focused on the men's game tonight, but, you know, she's just averaging about 18 and, and 9, it feels like. And, just can really go toe to toe with a lot of players. She's going to have a tough one tonight. I mean, the Cyclones run beat Kansas State and Ioka Lee in a thriller at home. Uh, it, double overtime, I believe. Triple overtime, maybe. Um, I was at state wrestling, so following from afar. But um, you know, they're, they they've done better, I think, than most people would have expected. Especially given all the departures, you got to lean on a lot of freshmen along with Emily Ryan. Uh, they're all Big 12 point guard, but every single freshman's had a night. You know, Ashley Jones from uh, right around out there in Eastern Iowa. I mean, she's had nights where she's been key. Uh, Jalen Bristow, she's had nights where she's been key. Um, you know, Addie Brown is, is a really key contributor there because she's their leader in assists, can rebound it, score. She, she's very talented, but. You know, a team, yeah, they're they're on the bubble. But if they take care of business, I believe, and, and maybe get one in the Big 12 tournament, um, they should feel like they're in. And that's quite an accomplishment for a team where only one or two players who have played major minutes last season returned. Rob, uh, let's uh, transition to a football real quick. We had actually had a question on our text line from 3702 asking about Nate Shieldhouse and his departure for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. I know there's been some movement uh, here with uh, that departure and coaches being promoted from within. Uh, what was your uh, your reaction to Nate Shieldhouse accepting a, that job in the NFL? And uh, do you have any insights, the, the texter, about why he might have wanted out from Iowa State? I think, and I wasn't sure of this, uh, throughout his career. I mean, 33-year-old guys got a chance to go with Sean McVay, who, you know, a few years back won a Super Bowl. It's still highly respected, even though the you know, Rams kind of had a bit of a resurgent year. They've battled through injuries the past few seasons. But I think Nate, you know, as Coach Matt Campbell said, I mean, he's a quote-unquote rising star in the profession. And I think he wanted a different type of challenge. And um, he's going to get that at the professional level. I think he enjoyed being at Iowa State. I think he's appreciative of the opportunities he had both in the run-pass game coordinator spots and then as a first-year offensive coordinator with running an offense that, uh, you know, certainly, um, uh, you know, improved greatly over the, over the previous season. So I don't think it was anything he was soured on Iowa State. I think it's just, oh, here's an opportunity to go to, you know, a certainly a premier organization the last several years in the NFL. And, and as a young guy, I wanted to take it and see, see what uh, that opportunity holds for him and, knowing probably that Iowa State's uh, going to be in pretty good hands uh, from an offensive coordinator perspective uh, going forward. Yeah, what about Shieldhouse's replacement? Tell us about him and uh, also uh, the new assistant head coach who has lineage at North Dakota State. Yeah, well, I think on the latter, I mean, I think I think the fact that you had you know, some connections there with uh, Noah Pauly, I know uh, – He's a guy that I think thought he might have been in line for that for the head job. That's why he left for Tennessee State. I think this is a good opportunity for him, uh, and he could probably have his hand in everything. Coach Campbell has his hand in everything, no no doubt about that. Offensive, maybe not so much the defensive side, but he has a hand in, in the play calling, no matter who's the uh, named the coordinator. So, just a nice pickup, some added experience to go with that group. And then when you talk about Taylor Mauser, just a guy that's been with the program, started out as a grad assistant. Um, for Campbell at Toledo, continued in that role at Iowa State and slowly moved into position coaching. Tight ends group, really good last year. We saw Ben Bramer, true freshman, kind of explode, but other guys really uh, shine at times too. So 
it, Coach Campbell likes to promote from within like most coaches do. And I think uh, especially when you brought in Ryan Clanton from UNI, who has offensive coordinating experience, I think you can have Taylor Mauser as a first-year offensive coordinator. He's, you know, really done a great job for them recruiting as well. Uh, but you're going to have a lot of hands, you know, a lot of cooks in that kitchen. And uh, I think that's always been the case at Iowa State. But um, we certainly saw them innovate a little bit last season, you know, break, it, break out of some – you know, ruts in terms of your long-term habits that weren't always successful. And I anticipate that they'll continue to do the same. All right, Rob, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. And we will catch up with you down the road. Okay. Absolutely. Good to speak with you guys. Rob Gray from Cyclone Fanatic also covers Iowa State for the Gazette. You can read his work uh, on both uh, websites, thegazette.com or cyclonefanatic.com. Appreciate his time here on 1600 ESPN. Again, Iowa State and Oklahoma tonight. 7 o'clock tip-off. Pre-game coverage starts at 6 here on 1600 ESPN. 3.50, the Wednesday edition of the gym class continues next. Got a bowling night in America preview on the way in just moments. Tune in every Wednesday to catch the WagerWise podcast for your weekly dose of sports betting wisdom on KGYMRadio.com. Presented by Betfred. I lock up my Old Spice Fiji Aluminum Free Dry Spray to keep that 24-7 lasting freshness safe for myself. Fresh coconuts, palm trees in the wind. It's like catching waves in Fiji. Actually, I just talked myself into a refreshing spritz of Fiji. My Old Spice is missing! No! Progressive knows we're all trying to save right now. So, no pick sixes, no blitzes, no sacks. Nope, none of that. But there's this cool move called a balestra. Oh, I think that was it. Or maybe it was that? I don't know, I'm still learning. So, fencing tickets are cheaper than football, huh? Yeah, but hey, now we know what a counter parry is. Do we? Progressive offers you savings without sacrifice. So save big when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Not available in all states. May City Bowl is always a good time, Dukes. Even when we're not bowling so great, Scott. Well, May City Bowl doesn't rhyme. A full-service pro shop for serious bowlers. And fun for everyone, like Glow Bowling Friday and Saturday nights. Our team, the Rusty Nails, is in the adult league, but they have leagues for every age and skill. And you can call ahead for open lane times. So whether you're leaguers or just want to have fun, it's always a great time at May City Bowl, off Williams Boulevard Southwest in Cedar Rapids, the official sponsor of Bowling Night in America on the gym. It helps if I turn my microphone on. That radio one on one. There, I love to talk. Why? Why can't I hear myself talk? It is Wednesday. That means it's Bowling Night in America here from sixteen hundred ESPN. Uh, brought to you by May City Bowl here on the gym class each and every week. And uh, Mark Scott is uh, not present. Uh, well, he might be present. I don't know what the whole plan is. I shouldn't assume that he's not going to be present. You tell me what's going on tonight with uh, with Bowling Night in America. Well, breaking news, Scott Younes will be in the lineup oh, tonight. Oh, okay. He is uh, currently motoring back from the girls' state tournament <laughs> in Des Moines, and he texted me and said, darn right, I'll be there tonight. So, <laughs> okay. uh, Lanes 19 and 20, the Rusty Nails facing Barry's Lanes. The Rusty Nails tied for third right now in the second half of the season. Barry's in the upper half, and a team that has always given – rusty nails a problem but uh, we'll give you results tomorrow and if you have any uh, questions uh, about what may city bowl has to offer give them a call 362-0136 or you can visit the website may city bowl cr.com we've got links for you on our website kgymradio.com as well spent a lot of time talking about the iowa men and the iowa state men tonight iowa women uh, Mark, we briefly mentioned Caitlin Clark and talked a little bit about some of the, uh, well, at least the TV records that uh, she and the Hawkeyes are helping set. But uh, a game tonight at Minnesota, uh, I think the important thing is, uh, going without saying, is not looking ahead too far to Ohio State, but I don't think that's going to be a problem with uh, with the Iowa women tonight up in, up in the Twin Cities. Yeah, you would hope not. And uh, uh, I, I found it uh, interesting and Caden Sanford has a sense of humor, and he was asked about his triple-double last night and said something, that, well, Caitlin has one about every night. Well, she had 16 of them. So 
something like that. So she may get another one tonight. Uh, I don't know, but you're quite right. Iowa can't afford to look ahead and and uh, stumble on the road uh, ahead of that really big Ohio State game Sunday. Yeah, number two Ohio State coming in, uh, game uh, against the Buckeyes, college game day there. Uh, opportunity, I think, still for a share with the Big Ten Championship, the regular season championship. I know Indiana had something on, on social media last night saying, if we win and Iowa loses, we're the number two seed in the uh, in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, so you certainly would like to avoid seeing Indiana get a little bit higher seed than you, but uh, uh, go up there and take care of business against a Minnesota team that's uh, that's five and eleven uh, in the Big Ten, uh, and uh, you beat them once already at Carver ninety four seventy one back on uh, December thirtieth. So talk about forever ago. Iowa State last played Oklahoma uh, in men's hoops back early January. Iowa and Minnesota played. Last year in women's basketball in 2023, <laughs> so uh, a little ways uh, a ways away from the last meeting, but uh, thinking Iowa will be uh, will be fine tonight uh, going up there and uh, and uh, taking on the Gophers. Yeah, you would think so. And uh, um, again, Caitlin Clark needs 33 points to uh, pass uh, Lynette Woodard of the AIAW days, and uh, I'm sure that countdown will be mentioned at least one on uh, your Peacock network tonight. Um, I don't know if you heard, I re I, I renewed my subscription. Did you? Okay. I did. I canceled it after football thinking I wouldn't need it much for, for basketball, but my God, it's, uh, it's uh, inexpensive and it's kind of what I do for an hour a day. Right. I, I better be in tune with things. So Yeah. <laughs> I'm back on Peacocks. Yeah, there's some there's some good stuff other than sports on there. I've uh, had some yeah. board board Saturdays just kind of looking around like, hey, this is on here. Didn't know that. So I'm not trying to be a sales pitch for uh, for Peacock, but uh, it, it's worth the price of admission. I'll just uh, I'll just say that much. Uh, Mark, we're we're actually off tomorrow, so uh, we'll talk again on Friday. We got a big show on Friday, I believe. Uh, the coach Kevin Lehman is joining us Friday, uh, and I think Jeff Johnson from the Gazette too, right? Yeah, he's going to preview the Boys State basketball tournament. Uh, about a half a dozen area teams involved, and uh, Jeff, that is. And I look forward as we head down the stretch here, Spencer, uh, talking with the coach. He's got a lot to say about college basketball. That coming up Friday. Yep, we're off tomorrow. Got Leap Day off. All of our local shows off uh, tomorrow, so you'll hear ESPN National Programming uh, in our place tomorrow. But just a one-day absence. We'll be back with you uh, Friday afternoon and uh, and morning in, in, in my block as well, which is coming up next here at 1600 ESPN. Mark, have a great rest of the day. We'll talk again Friday, okay? I will. We'll talk to you Friday, Spencer. That is the gym class here on 1600 ESPN. Stick around. Spencer on sports. My show, 4 to 6, next here on 1600 ESPN.